You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday. It is Mental Health Monday here on The Coffee Hour. Um, I, it's a I'm snowy sure that Monday. It's a snowy Monday. It's a very cold <laughs> Monday as well. Very cold. Uh, <laughs> For a lot of I'm, people, too. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. We. I'm in my blanket fort, so uh, staying nice and cozy in my blanket fort desk. Uh, this morning. Thanks to Concordia <laughs> University, Wisconsin, for your support of the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. It is time to head to Nebraska to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman this morning. Good morning, Heidi. Are you staying warm this morning? <laughs> I am. I am. And you know, I think it's really always cool how we connect. You know, we're very relevant here on Mental Health Mondays with what's going on in the culture around us. Um, and I noticed this trend. And so we're talking about intimacy today. So right at the top of the show, I'd like to encourage everyone when you get on social media today, or when you talk to someone about the weather, do it in a connecting way. Um, so I noticed this thing where we get online or we're talking about how cold we are. Like Heidi is cold. I'm so cold here in my house. And I'm, and I'm often thinking that way too. All I can think about is how cold I am right now and I can't get warm, right? But my dad told me last night on the phone that 46 of the 50 US states right now are in a cold front, like a notable mm -hmm. cold front that is, is different than they normally experience. And so everyone is feeling cold. So what if we use that conversation as a connecting factor rather than an individuality factor about who I am and how I'm experiencing this? What if we talked about how we're experiencing this together? So right off the top of the hour, I just wanted to mention a way that we might grow in intimacy, <laughs> if you will, uh, for our mental and spiritual health today. So we're all cold together this morning. Is yes. what you're together. Mm -hmm. together. Cold <laughs> together. Yes. That means I we feel like all I could be, talk about you know, like... <laughs> We all get to talk about our, our blanket scarves and all of our cozy things too, though, because that's how we all stay warm. <laughs> right. And the ridiculous amount of like coffee I'm consuming today, likely because <laughs> I just want something warm. And like, mm -hmm. what's your favorite hot beverage? Because we're all drinking hot beverages. I want to know more about you and all mm -hmm. of that. Good. So how are you staying warm? I'd love to hear your ideas. You know, um, <laughs> there's a million ways we can change. I always think of um, David Ludwig, who I worked with at Grace Place Wellness to do some of the church work wellness retreats. He, he was the big me to we guy. And I think mm -hmm. he even wrote a book about it, but mm -hmm. that that's a life changing phrase is, you know, how do we get from me to we and I think we in the body of Christ that should be our go-to. And, and we struggle with that. And I think it's okay to be honest with that. Uh, we, we can talk another series about the concept of self-differentiation, which is really important in individuality. I think anyone who has listened to Mental Health Monday long enough and or knows me at all knows that I think individuality <laughs> is really important. So we can celebrate that. But I think in our current cultural context, we need to celebrate the we a little bit more. So I encourage you guys to go do that with the weather. Ah, so that's Heidi's PSA today about intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> today, we're going to talk about intimacy and isolation uh, as a developmental conflict and really dive into where we're at developmentally in this fight for intimacy. And then we'll talk a little bit more about personality and intimacy 
And today at noon, Central Standard Time, on my Heidi Gaiman Rights Facebook page, and then later on the YouTube channel will be archived, I'll be meeting with Dr. Kim Markshausen, and we'll be talking more about that personality uh, intersection with intimacy and how those things work. So it's a big day. It's a big Mental Health Monday, if you will. <laughs> so where do you want to dig in first? Uh, isolation? Is that where we're starting? Yeah, intimacy versus isolation. And so this language was given to us by Dr. Eric Erickson uh, and his standard uh, developmental phases. And a lot of growth has come from other psychologists and researchers in this field and understanding these a little bit more. I find as I work with uh, people of all ages in therapy, especially uh, doing just that kind of very low key casual research, if you will, that the phases do seem to fit. They're more flexible, I think, than uh, a lot of people who read Erickson tend to think that they are. And I do think, as we've talked about in this series before, that we circle back on them, that they pop up in our lives again and again, especially because I don't think we're integrated people because of the fall into sin, because of brokenness. Instead, we live in this kind of disintegrated life and Jesus is the one who integrates us. So when we lean into him, when we seek him and when he, uh, I guess if, if we allow him to be that active daily presence in our life, we're gonna experience integration a little bit more. And intimacy is certainly true in this. So intimacy versus isolation is a developmental conflict that classically psychologists believe that appears in early adulthood. Um, and so after that identity formation and role confusion that we talked about that pops up in junior high and high school, a little bit in college, when that kind of resolves, although like I said, we return to it again and again, uh, when it, when the big heat of it resolves in our formation, then we move on to this intimacy versus isolation and connecting with other people around who we are and who we are in Christ. So the goal is intimacy. The goal is not isolation. Isolation is the consequence that happens when we don't uh, grow, when we don't put some of the effort into growing toward intimacy. And I love this part of psychology that uh, believes in that there's a special word for it it's not coming to mind right now but it's that idea that things <laughs> are moving toward death if we're not moving them toward life that things are disintegrating if we're not helping them integrate and i think that's a really clear picture of also what we see biblically uh, that grace is opposed to work but it's not opposed to some effort that growth does come spiritual growth comes from practices if you will and when paul in all of the epistles talks about how uh, we want to be living in this realm, which is uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, goodness, and all the other things, uh, morality speaking, and moving away from darkness and sexual immorality and slander. And he has all those lists all over the New Testament. The, those are good places to turn if we want to understand what relationships need to look like if we're going to grow in intimacy. And so it is a conflict. And I think that's really important to recognize that intimacy is a fight. 
And next week, we're going to talk about roadblocks to intimacy. And I think you'll see how it's a fight in the spiritual realm a little clearer because we're going to gather around Ephesians and the ideas of the armor of God and uh, Satan's arrows. And I think Satan's arrows are rarely stronger than in relationship because Jesus is relationship to us. Jesus's entire point of dying on the cross was so we could have relationship with God. So Satan's going to attack relationship because this conflict is so important. And the, the battle, uh, the spiritual warfare battle is really fought in the place of relationship. And so I think this conflict, we can appreciate uh, for both our spiritual and mental health and uh, engage in it mindfully, if you will. I think that God wants to know us. And he already knows all of us. But again, back to Psalm 139, the fact that he searches us and knows us, but also we're inviting him into searching and knowing us deeper. That's a wild and uncomprehensible reality that God invites us into. And we want to be a part of that. Um, so I, I think about Luther and a mighty fortress. You know, what is the, the I think, primary him verse that we think of when we consider mighty fortress. I think it's those wood, those words, uh, take thee all our life, good fame, child and wife. You know, Satan wants to throw his arrow and steal the things that matter most. And that is never stuff and always people. And so God cares deeply about our relationships, certainly protects our relationships, but there will be a conflict. And I think we'll see it really evident throughout our lives. So another Bible verse that comes to mind for this is Philippians 3, 10 and 11. Uh, when Paul talks about, again, I, I may, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in death that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Um, and I love the NIV, which we don't use as often. You know, I love the ESV, but for this verse, the NIV is so powerful. I want to know Christ. That's what relationship is. I, wa I want to know him in the same way. I want to know my husband and I want to be known by him. I want to be known by my friend and I want to know them. Uh, Jesus invites us into that relationship with him, and that makes all those other relationships possible. And so you can see, I think, in that why Satan would constantly be throwing arrows at these places in our lives. So um, let's just go to the, the Andy and Sarah question, because I'm tempted <laughs> to keep talking and talking and talking. Um, but Andy and Sarah, what what value do you see in your life um, in intimacy for let's take your spiritual health first? Like what do you what what connection do you see between intimacy and your spiritual health? As you were speaking about being um, isolated or even cut off, uh, there's an example that that comes to mind. This it might be a bit far-fetched because it makes sense in my mind. So maybe it doesn't in everyone else's <laughs> minds, but, um, oh, it's been probably 15 years or more going to a theme park and we're in a ride 
uh, I want to say it was the men in black ride at universal studios. <laughs> and you get to like, you're going through all these like alien scenes and you're trying to shoot all the aliens, but then you get to this one scene. You're, you're just in this room where it's just muggy and totally dark and you're cut off from everything. And then you're the car that you're in just spins very quickly and makes you mm -hmm. nauseous, nope. but you can't see anything because you're spinning. <laughs> so, I mean, it's dark, completely dark and hot and muggy and you're cut off from everything. You can't even like see the person next to you. It's so dark. And I thought, Hmm, I, that kind of might be an image of what it's like to be cut off from God and from, uh, mm -hmm. from everyone else okay. too. Um, that okay. how, how, how much, uh, I take for granted the relationships and the intimacy, um, that God has given me for my own well-being, whether it's my spiritual well-being or my mental health as well. Uh -huh. um, so uh -huh. I, 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 it started, it, it gave me appreciation for um, uh -huh. those relationships and that intimacy to not be cut off, to not be isolated. Mm -hmm. That's good that we really do need each other. And sometimes we have what we need so much. So we have the provision of God so much that we miss it. It can be mm -hmm. easily mm -hmm. hidden, you know, under the blanket of comfort that God gives us. So, yeah. How about you, Sarah? Um, I think what I was thinking is much more on a practical level, um, that if you have those people who you are, you have those those more intimate relationships with in life, it is easier to um, be together in your spiritual health, to pray for each mm -hmm. other, to walk together in that that, that spiritual religious journey. I hate using that word, but, but that, that walking together that we do as brothers and sisters in Christ, if you have those people who you have those intimate relationships with, you are much more comfortable and are able to, to pray for them, um, to hold their hands, to, to see those more vulnerable mm -hmm. sides of them that they may not be able to, to share with other people. So you're more, you're mm -hmm. more able to have those, those deeper relationships, um, and mm -hmm. able to, to care for other people on a much different level. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. And that body of Christ is so important. And, you know, it's interesting because I have a lot of people ask me uh, how in the world it is that I have so many friendships that are not Christian. Um, mm -hmm. And I always tell people that I, I'm not friends with people who aren't interested in spiritual conversation. Like, hands down, that's my one rule for friendship is you need to be interested in spiritual conversation. So I don't have friends, non-Christian friends who ask me to be a different person, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that's really important. You know, you can have open dialogue then and not mm -hmm. feel like you don't have, you can't be yourself. So mm -hmm. time for a break, probably. Huh? <laughs> it is. Sorry. The clock always up against us. We have more to talk about here on Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Concord Matters is the program where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. And to do that, Christ-confessing Concordians read through and discuss the Book of Concord, which is our Lutheran confession of faith drawn from Holy Scripture, so that you too may be of one mind and confess with Christ. Be sure to listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central on KFUO Radio or anytime on KFUO.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. In 2020, the world was blindsided 
At the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, we quickly refocused on how to best serve the church. Our COVID-19 response team took action, reaching out and listening to our borrowers. In response, we offered a number of financial remedies that allowed our borrowers time to stabilize. We also provided online streaming kits for churches, gift cards for food pantries, financial support for LCMS church workers, and much more. Life's not yet back to normal, and that's why we're still here for you. Visit lcef.org to learn more. I'm Pastor Phil Robbins. I'm senior pastor here at Crown of Life Lutheran Church in Sun City West, Arizona. We are in beautiful Arizona, and we ask you to come and find us when you're wintering down here. Visit our website at colchurch.com, colchurch.com. God's blessings in your travels. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday. We are talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman today. We're continuing our conversation on intimacy today, intimacy versus isolation. Heidi, where would you like to go next? Yeah, so I want to talk about just a few practical things that really build that intimacy uh, in our lives and help us fight against that isolation. And so when I say practical, it's funny because we're going to start with old Adam and new Adam. And I think for a lot of people, that doesn't sound like a practical concept. Uh, but uh, that sinner saint concept that Luther gave us that's truly unique to Lutheranism and a lot of other denominations, I find it in different writings, like people picking it up. It's such a gift to be able to see ourselves as both those things at the same time. Very dialectical, if you will. It's my favorite. So it's very practical to hold those out. Actually hold your hands out when you're struggling and just recognize that you're living in both these things and recognize the old Adam and call him out talk to it, say, God, I need help with this and say, old Adam, <laughs> not today. We're not going to do this today. Today, I'm going to lean in today. God, I need strength. Please help me connect with people when it's uncomfortable. But to actually engage with that inner conversation is a very valuable thing. I don't think we do it because we think we're going to look kooky. Uh, but <laughs> Paul, the apostle again, who we just read, like, I want to know Christ. So he's writing letters to people, but I love the works of Paul. The fact that he's always talking to himself also, it's very clear that he's <laughs> preaching to his own choir internally. And so we can also engage in that kind of language too. And, and just read those letters. Next week, we're going to talk about Ephesians a lot. And Ephesians is the relationship book of the Bible, if you will. The whole Bible is good, of course, for relationships, but Ephesians, it's it's the topic of Ephesians. It's the way that Ephesians is built is to help us know how to engage in various different relationships. And so if you have a relational question, turn to Ephesians, read Ephesians, engage with Ephesians. It's really encouraging. So that's another thing that I think will build intimacy when we're putting out our relationship hat and concerning ourselves with intimacy. Um, also, 
uh, understanding what intimacy is, is going to be really valuable. And again, I wrote a definition for intimacy in my book, Finding Hope uh, from Brokenness to Restoration that comes out from CPH in April. And the two components of intimacy that make intimacy intimacy is connection, which we talked in the last episode of Mental Health Mondays about connection is momentary, but we have to have it where we actually reach out or someone reaches out to us and we're bidding and connecting for these moments where we have a sensation that we are two people that have been brought together for some purpose or some way, even if it's just for a second or maybe it's long-term. So connection is important, but then also vulnerability. And we'll talk a whole lot about vulnerability next week when we talk about roadblocks to intimacy, uh, because we like to throw up the vulnerability shields. Like it's not something we love. Uh, vulnerability will always be hard in a broken world. Um, I saw in Brene Brown's Instagram for Valentine's Day, she had a quote that just talked about how the brokenhearted ones are really the courageous ones. That when we experience heartbreak in our lives, vulnerability, of course, will be hard, but the courage is so much bigger when we dive back in. And I think we have a God of courage. You know, we have the God that who told Joshua that he doesn't go it alone, that he's right there with him when he's going to take down the walls of Jericho. The same is true for the walls of our heart when we have had brokenness enter in. Um, so that definition of intimacy, I think, helps us to look at our relationships and see what portion is missing. Like, are we miss missing moments of connection? and really reaching out and engaging or allowing people in? Or are we missing vulnerability, that piece where we are willing to go deeper, are willing to share more? So looking at that in your own life, connection and vulnerability, and where do you see each of those in your relationships? Uh, I just wanted to point out some research that uh, it is truly better for our mental and physical health, we know from research, to be intimate with other people. So people who report heightened levels of loneliness, no matter what kind of loneliness, because now we know there's several different kinds of loneliness, do report poor health outcomes, uh, a lot more inflammation. We see a lot more chronic illness. Uh, and so understanding that intimacy is good for our health, it's not optional, uh, helps us to understand that there is a practical component for our actual bodies, that they need intimacy, just like our souls and our hearts need intimacy too. One piece, the last practical thing I'd like to share is actually from LCMS Youth Ministry and all of their research about transitioning from teen years to young adult years and keeping people in the church. And what they found is that every youth, every teen and young adult needs five supportive adults in their life. And so I don't want to make some like gross estimates, but I wonder how true that is for all of us, that we need to have those people in our lives during our formative years, but also as we continue to grow in Christ, that we need people who are invested, who are going to check in, and we also can be those people for other people, particularly in the body of Christ. So if we want to keep people in the body of Christ, if we want to get them to return to church after a pandemic world consider who are their five people. I think that might be a really powerful tool for us. And who are my five people? You know, we can have more than that, but, but I think we all do need that base support. Um, and so 
again, there's this place where like longing and loneliness will always battle inside of us, but God is bigger. Um, and then there is personality and there are tools for understanding our own personality. What I'd like to get away from is using personality as an excuse against intimacy, which is what we're currently doing a lot of the time as a culture. Uh, you know, I'm introverted, so I just don't reach out to people. <laughs> like, well, good luck with that. How's that going for you? Right. We, we all have um, both uh, vulnerability necessary, but there is accountability too in relationships and relationships don't work without accountability, which means again, there's effort, there's effort that it's not your salvation, but, but there's effort put into our relationship with God. There's effort put into our relationship with people. And that is a beautiful thing. Otherwise we're just coasting until we get to heaven. I don't want to coast. That's not what I want my life to look like. And so Personality does have an impact on our relationship. Uh, it has to do a lot with our values, like what we individually value as people. So knowing your values is going to go really far. Uh, and there's a really good list on Brene Brown's website that says uh, different values that they found in research that coexist in relationships. And you can find out your top five and kind of whittle down the ones that are going to come out the most in your relationships. And that will help you understand yourself and how you're going to interact with people more. A few more tools are the Enneagram. I highly recommend. I know there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions about that, and that's for a separate conversation on another day. Um, but that's something I use as a therapeutic tool that's really useful. Myers-Briggs, of course, yes, use it, but don't weaponize it is what we would say um, in order so that you don't have to engage in a relationship no matter what your Myers-Briggs letters are. Um, and then the Clifton Strengths Finder is another one I recommend. Those are all really good. And so just getting to know yourself is a really valuable thing. I don't know if we have time for our last question. <laughs> what do you think, Andy? Where are we at? We have like 10 seconds left. So I just, mm -hmm. I just wanted I to know. point out for all of my fellow introverts out there, and I know you're all out there, I think the <laughs> pandemic has caused us all to realize that we actually do still need people. <laughs> and it's a weird thing. Yes. But a lot of us Ooh, are like, good. oh, I need these relationships in my life more than I thought I did. And that's, I think, a good thing for all of us. Yeah, it's a good revelation. Insight. Thanks for that, Sarah. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Like I said, if you're interested in personality, tune in at noon on the Heidi Gaiman Rights Facebook page, Central Standard Time. Very good. Very good. Thank you, Heidi. Always good to chat with you. Thanks. We'll see you next week for Roadblocks to Intimacy. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh,